morning. It's Tuesday, the 24th of April, 2018. Welcome back to another episode of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only regularly updated podcast in the world dedicated entirely to autonomous cars. Today, episode 23, open source autonomous car software. A Tesla Model X hits the gym, literally. And we discuss some interesting differences between Waymo's deployment of autonomous car tech compared to all of its competitors. All this and more right now. All right, so before we dive in and get started this morning, just a quick shout out to one of our listeners, CMDC writes on Apple's iTunes podcast, a five-star review that reads, technical but user-friendly, always great info at a high enough level to stimulate further thought, just the right length, perfectly curated info for each episode, good stuff. So thank you very much indeed to this particular listener. As always, reviews and ratings, hugely appreciated. Uh, Thanks so much indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so news this morning over at Ars Technica. There is a self-driving taxi startup called Voyage. They have a plan to open source all of their internal documents, software, testing, and so on to the world. Um, So to be clear, it turns out that the uh, CEO of Voyage, his name is Oliver Cameron, um, in light of the recent Uber crash in Arizona in which a pedestrian was killed in an intersection, uh, he says, quote-unquote, The truth is that everyone in the industry is reinventing the technology and safety processes themselves, which is incredibly dangerous. Open source means more eyes, more diversity, and more feedback. So the self-driving taxis that Voyage is developing, these are so-called level four taxis. As a reminder, these must still have a steering wheel, gas pedal, and brakes. However, they are designed in optimal scenarios to get from A to B, meaning door-to-door, the first and last miles, without any human intervention. That said, a human should be able to take over if needed, or at least if desired. Uh, This, of course, in contrast to level five cars like Cruise Automation's upcoming uh, Chevy Bolt all-electric autonomous vehicles, which are being developed totally without steering wheel, gas pedal, or brake whatsoever. So Voyage has started what they've called Open Autonomous Safety. That's O-A-S. It's essentially going to take the form of a GitHub repository. This repository is going to contain all of the code, all the documents, and indeed, all of the knowledge base, all the safety requirements, all of their simulation data, all of their, well, sort of everything they've been working on with respect to their autonomous car tech for their self-driving taxi fleet. The idea being that others should be able to see the work they've done, interpret it for themselves, and indeed, contribute to and really add to and build to this knowledge base of all the self-driving car tech that they've been working on so far. But we should really kind of break this down into different components. What does this mean? So on the one hand, it's going to be sort of software pertaining to how the cars themselves operate, see the world through the LiDAR sensors and so on. But I think the really important takeaway here is specifically the 
the testing material for scenarios for simulating self-driving car tech. So let me just kind of take a step back and explain what this is all about, just to be super clear. So it's one thing to aggregate self-driving car data from all the cars that are on the street. So Tesla does this, right? So they they take all the kind of accumulated five or six billion miles of driving of all the Teslas on the road in an effort to kind of uh, crowdsource and learn from all the data that it's receiving. So in contrast, Waymo, well, they do the exact opposite. They do, five, I think they've done five or six billion miles in simulated worlds. And I think only, I guess, five or six million miles in the real world. Um, the, the end result, though, of course, is that you need to have all this data because it's, 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 um, it's necessary, but it's not sufficient to have good sensor, or in Tesla's case, camera data, right? The onboard car, it's, it's obviously necessary for it to see the world around it, but it's not sufficient. Um, what you need on top of that is this sort of, again, crowdsourced, aggregated learning from all the other cars combined miles driven on the road, or in this case, uh, in simulated worlds. So what this really means then, and why this is so important, is that it's one thing for one company to go ahead and write all of this testing software for simulated worlds to try all sorts of different scenarios. But it's another thing entirely for all the world's uh, companies developing autonomous car tech to kind of include and, and, and submit and contribute to these various scenarios. So, for example, it might be the case that one company has gone ahead and done extensive testing and has got some really brilliant scenarios for, I don't know, uh, driving on American freeways. But as those of you who are American and who have also driven, say, on Germany's phenomenal autobahns, well, you'll know that it's a very different sort of driving out there. For instance, you're not even allowed to pass on the right. Like, you'll actually be in big trouble if you ever pass a car on the right, you know, excluding stop-and-go traffic, I should say. Um, the point being, well, okay, you know, if, if you're focused here on American freeways, it's very likely you'll not necessarily have thought to include scenarios for testing on German autobahns. Well, now a German startup, say, or even any other startup who has thought to do that, well, they can include their knowledge. They can include their sort of virtual simulated environments for German freeways and kind of bundle that in so now everybody can learn from this. So really, it's just a brilliant way to, well, aggregate all the learning, all the simulation models from companies all around the world who are developing this stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it, the idea is that the combined knowledge of all these different companies' scenarios will just have an exponential increase in the growth of the knowledge base of these simulated environments. All right, so this is all just sort of a roundabout way of saying that this is pretty awesome, and I think this is a fantastic thing that Voyage uh, have decided to do. Um, I should make one other detail uh, clear. Apparently, they're not just going to be simulating sort of driving uh, experiences and events on the road. Apparently, Voyage is also going to start sharing its so-called fault injection tests. So what these are is, well, one of the big issues with testing any device, software, hardware, home appliance, or otherwise, is the question of sort of durability tests, right? How long will this thing operate in the real world uh, before it starts to have some sort of failure? In fact, uh, there's even a metric called, I believe the acronym is MTF, uh, mean time till failure. Uh, certainly this is a term with computer technology as well. The issue being, on average, how long will the device operate without any sort of uh, failure? So... Well, it turns out that Voyage are going even further on this, and they're not just, you know, they've not just written codes to calculate 
mean time to failure for, you know, sort of an ideal scenario, meaning no kind of external forces, just sort of ordinary wear and tear, as it were. But they've also gone one step further saying, you know, well, what if, <laughs> what if something breaks one of the LIDAR sensors? Or what if, I don't know, what if a LIDAR sensor gets covered with some sort of a gunk and it can't properly sort of scan the road ahead? Uh, I mean, I'm making up these scenarios. I don't know if this is really what they have in mind, but that's certainly how I'm interpreting what I've read here. Um, uh, indeed, the CEO himself says, quote unquote, if you want to replicate taking a baseball bat to your $85,000 LIDAR, you probably don't want to actually take a baseball bat to your 85,000 LIDAR. Uh, you want to model what you would look like with fault injection testing to get a better place. So this is the idea behind fault injection testing. It's that you can kind of simulate anything and everything really that could and might go wrong. And well, this is a heck of a lot better than testing in the real world because of course it is. All right, so that's kind of a quick overview of what's going on here with Voyager's uh, open sourcing of its self-driving car tech. Uh, we will most likely loop back and discuss more of this in the coming uh, weeks and months to see how this is kind of rolling out again. Today is the first day of the rollout to the GitHub repository. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot of cool things, uh, cool news bits coming out about this. So uh, we will definitely loop back when we have more on this. I never thought the day would come that I would be sarcastic or cynical about Tesla. And to be clear, I'm not. Nevertheless, I cannot resist the following lead-in to this segment. Another week, another Tesla crash. This time, it's another Model X. And it didn't crash on the freeway or into a barricade or indeed even into another car. Nope. This time, the Model X crashed through two walls of a building ending up inside of a gym. So fortunately, it looks like nobody was injured, uh, neither the driver nor anyone in the gym. The issue being that, well, the Model X just sort of accelerated on its own. Apparently, the driver had entered a parking lot, uh, which implies that the autopilot and, well, any of the autonomous functions would have been disabled. And uh, apparently, when the driver pressed the brake, instead of slowing down, the car well, sped up, went right through the wall. So we've heard lots of things like this in the past. And, you know, not just with Tesla, but well, actually, yes, also with Tesla, um, but with any other car maker as well. And it turns out that it's almost always the case, I guess, excluding the infamous issue with Toyota's vehicles a few years back. Um, it's almost always the case that, well, it's actually the driver who was at fault. They just somehow managed to press the wrong, the wrong pedal. Now, I have to say, I don't. I just don't get how this is possible, but I certainly believe that's more likely than the alternative. Um, and as it turns out, something really interesting, I didn't uh, know about this, uh, it turns out that, well, a similar thing had occurred in, uh, in Quebec, where a Model S apparently crashed into a storefront as well. Well, in this case, the driver just said very transparently, no, I'm sorry, it was my fault. I accidentally pressed the gas instead of the brake. Well... It turns out that in Quebec, there is a law, which is known as the no-fault law. Well, it makes it impossible for someone to be sued in court for any sort of damages or even injuries caused by a car crash. So, frankly, as a California attorney, I'm pretty shocked I didn't know anything about this. Not that I should know Canadian law, but it turns out there are some American states who have the same sort of thing, where apparently uh, you can't be sued for well, causing death or injury in a car accident, which um, 
I have to think about that a bit. <laughs> Either I knew about this and I forgot, or I just never knew about this in the first place, because this is a very uh, interesting thing to hear about now. Um, but, but, but there's actually a really positive thing here, right? Because by knowing that you can't be sued for an accident, and I'm assuming this is an accident that is truly due to ordinary negligence as opposed to, say, intentional or reckless behavior, well, this makes it much more likely for the person who caused the accident to come forward and just sort of speak the truth. And this is really good for, well, certainly this is good for investigations like this, right? It would make it a lot easier if the driver just said, oh, shoot, sorry, I just sort of, I got distracted or I kind of freaked out about something and I pressed the wrong pedal somehow. That would be a lot easier, a lot better for all parties involved. Well, anyway, uh, hopefully we'll have some news on this accident, understand what happened. But until then, well, this Tesla is now inside of a gym. Uh, It's not like it needs to get any stronger. Sorry, terrible joke. Um, Anyway, we'll loop back on this as we have more. All right, so for this last segment, um, this is actually a really large discussion, and I'm mostly breaking into this today just to kind of get the ball rolling. I think it's something that's worth coming back to and talking in far greater length in the future. Um, The issue being a philosophical, I should say, a discussion of the philosophical difference between how Waymo are going about the deployment of autonomous cars, as opposed to everybody else. So, as was brought to my attention by a loyal listener, whose name is Sean, thank you, Sean, for your feedback on this the other day. You know, um, I've often been a huge proponent, and I've said so many, many times on the show, that it's very, very important that we are pushing forward, rolling out autonomous car tech as quickly as possible in the real world, and that indeed the occasional, and I say occasional, the singular but tragic loss of life, say, from the Uber accident, is an unfortunate but necessary step towards the development of any new technology. And in any event, it's certainly still hugely super optimal to the alternative, which is not having this technology, even in its nascent form, uh, when you look at how many people are being killed and injured every day with our sort of current technology, right? And the analogies I've made are things like steamboats back in the day blowing up in the rivers, which... Apparently was a thing I learned about recently. Um, Of course, the early days of aviation, including and especially the jet age, when planes like the de Havilland Comet were literally blowing up and falling out of the sky due to a design defect in the windows. They were square windows, the corners of which were getting super high stressed um, due to the compression, decompression cycles of the airplane taking off and descending and Anyway, they would, they would rupture and the whole plane would explode in catastrophic uh, decompression. Um, so, so my point is, is that there's always going to be a risk factor to any sort of new rollout of technology, including and especially technology that affects such a large uh, cross-section of society, right? I'm not saying it's okay for these deaths to occur. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that it's a necessary byproduct of any new technology. Okay, putting that aside, the argument that kind of goes against that is, well what was brought to my attention by, by this listener, Sean, uh, who reminded me that, you know, Waymo initially, indeed, they also had started off sort of what other car makers are doing, kind of rolling out semi-autonomous car tech, the idea being to kind of ramp it up over time until reaching level five. But it's true. Uh, a few years ago, Waymo completely changed their philosophy. They said, look, this stuff is just too dangerous. Um, we are not going to allow the rollout of this autonomous car tech in an, in an interim state, meaning levels two, three, or four. 
it's got to be a binary solution. Either the, the technology is level five capable, in which case we'll roll it out, or it's not, in which case we won't. Now, that said, obviously they are testing this, but, but, but to the point of being able to really use this for any sort of um, you know, public consumption, as it were, uh, that's just not an option. Now, yes, obviously Waymo have started doing limited tests with their vehicles, um, which are um, pretty near to level five now. But of course, they always have backup drivers. And admittedly, the Uber car also had backup drivers. But Uber's cars aren't anywhere near level five yet. Waymo's, from everything I understand, are pretty close to it. Um, but, but but I think the really big takeaway, the really big discussion to be had here is really this threshold question, which I think can best be distilled to the following uh, question. Whether it's okay to test autonomous car technology on real streets with real people and indeed with real passengers with any level of autonomous technology not level five so whether it's okay to okay that was a really convoluted way to phrase the question what i'm trying to get at is you know what do you think is it all right does it make sense to allow the iterative rollout of this technology or is waymo right is it just a binary solution can you only allow these cars on the roads if and only if they've achieved level five autonomy well that's the big question right um I'm still not convinced it has to be a binary solution. I, I still think that to the extent that autonomous cars in any form are already outperforming human drivers, I think by definition, quantitatively, that means it must be okay. Um, but yeah, that, that's just kind of my thought on this still. But uh, do let me know, definitely. Again, leave a voicemail if you're listening here on Anchor.fm. We can discuss this and be engaged in a two-way discussion. Uh, and of course, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Mark Hogue. That's M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. Uh, or heck, find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. We'll talk there as well. But anyway, I think it's a really, really important question. Really curious what your thoughts are. So let's have a chat about it. All right. So there you have it. That's a wrap for episode 23. Um, we should be back on Thursday. Meanwhile, please keep all the great feedback and reviews rolling in. Definitely please keep uh, leaving voicemails, like I just mentioned, uh, if you're listening on anchor.fm so that we can make this a proper two-way discussion. Um, and that'll pretty much do it. Uh, yeah. Thank you again so much for listening. Have a wonderful next couple of days. See you on Thursday. Bye-bye.